Welcome, bienvenue à CYC Podcast, discussions on child and youth care. I'm Wolfgang Vachon. This episode, I'm returning, as I will every few months, to our ongoing collaboration with Taking It Global and Rising Youth. I hope you've been enjoying some of the amazing stories that have, have come out of that collaboration. Today, I'm speaking with Brett Cox about a mural workshop, a mural project and workshop series that took place in Montreal around the themes of colonization, decolonization, allyship and youth for youth spaces. Uh, I'm quite excited about the conversation because the themes are themes that I think all of us who are working with young people need to be considering um, as we engage in our practices. So welcome, Brett. Thank you so much for joining me today. And perhaps we could start by you introducing yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you so much for, for having me on and for this opportunity. You're welcome. Um, so yes, my name is Brett Cox. I am 26 years old. I am a settler originally from so-called Brantford, Ontario, the, the traditional territories of the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe nations. Um, yeah, so just a bit of my background. In the spring of 2017, after completing an undergrad studying human rights, I went on to do a master's in globalization at, at McMaster in Hamilton, um, after which I made my way to Jojage, or so-called Montreal, to pursue a graduate diploma in community economic development at Concordia. Um, so I completed those studies in August 2019, and now I'm working as the internal coordinator for a fee levy organization called Sustainable Concordia, and very broadly, the, the mission being to help support promote and build a, a sustainable culture at Concordia and, and elsewhere. And then just specifically for myself, you know, uh, very broadly, I'm very passionate about decolonization and climate justice and specifically working towards these things with youth. Nice. Why? Why are those things important to you, Brett? Oh, wow. Um, how do I get started? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I agree. They're, they're crucial. And there's a whole lot of people in the world who it doesn't really seem to matter for. So what is it about those, those topics that, that you think um, yeah, is, is important for you? Um, I guess very in a broad sense, the, the presence and future of um, you know, organized life on this, on this planet I think colonization intertwined with capitalism have um, just completely, um, you know, sucked all the life out of every, or tried to suck the life out of every aspect of of society, of of reality. Um, and if we're going to have a uh, present, a future that actually embody um, pillars of, of justice and equality and equity and things like that, then we have to be building societies outside and apart from colonization, from colonial systems. And of course, climate justice is, goes hand in hand with that. So in, yes. a, in a nutshell, that's why I'm, I'm passionate about these things, because it's, like, it, it's like this is the only way forward and from, the, from what I have learned, at least. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this this project that that you were part of um, mm -hmm. in the in the report that you wrote about it afterwards to to Rising Youth Taking It Global, um, one of the things you said was you saw this in some ways as a model of of um, an alternative to that 
that colonization intertwined with capitalism um, structures. And I wonder if we could get there, but maybe just to start before we, we launch into how that is, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about what the, what the project was, what the mural project was, and, and the accompanying workshops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So just like a bit of a background, uh, I did my uh, internship with the Community Economic Development Graduate Diploma. I did it with a organization called Press Start. Press Start mm-hmm. is a youth-led cooperative arcade operating out of Batimal Sets in, in Montreal. And um, when I had first joined them as, as an intern, the youth had already been engaging in um, in learning about both colonization and decolonization and how to engage in, in meaningful allyship allyship work. So they were already um, very much engaged with these topics and they wanted to learn more. And then one of the, the adult organizers working with Press Start had um, brought to us this opportunity of the, the Rising Youth Grant and said, you know, we should try and do something with this. This seems really awesome. So then I sat down with a couple of youth and we had a brainstorming session and long story short, we came up with the idea of wanting to create a mural in our space themed on decolonization, but not just the mural, but also wanting that to be an opportunity to um, engage other youth and help to um, bring more awareness, more, more learning to these, to these topics. So that's a little bit about how it started. Mm-hmm. And then the project itself was generally separated between two, two core pillars. So there was the, the workshops and then the painting of your mural. And so working with Press Start, as well as three other organizations, the uh, Canadian Roots Exchange, the Montreal Indigenous Community Network, and Concordia's Office of Community Engagement, we developed two weekends of programming. The, the first weekend was intended for, for workshops and setting the groundwork of, of knowledge and awareness of, of decolonization, as well as coupled with relationship building. So that was really the first weekend. And then the second weekend was purely focused to the mural painting. Mm. Um, yeah, so that, that, in a nutshell, that's the project. Nice, 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 nice. So many questions. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna ask some of them. So uh, when you talk about Press Start being a, a youth led project, youth led arcade, um, mm-hmm. what what does that look like in in practice? Um, being youth led i mean you talk about there was a, a an adult support or an adult ally who was who was present there so what does youth led mean in in the context of of this this example yeah absolutely so in, in this example youth led means youth have the decision making power um, in the organization so the the organization is a cooperative meaning it is collectively run and operated by the youth um, and youth being aged uh, generally between like 16 and 20, something about that. Um, And so when the youth have weekly meetings, it's them who decide, you know, what hours they're working, how long the the, the business is open for, what games they want to buy and things like that. And then the adults are simply, well, not simply, the, the adults are there to help support them through this process. You know, things like financing and um, like setting up that that um, collective consensus based decision making process and all like the kind of um, itty bitty like uh, structure building 
um, processes of, of an organization like this. That's the adult role, but it's the youth who have the power in terms of uh, the decision-making abilities. And Press Start is a social enterprise project, is that correct? Yes, correct, yeah. Yeah, and so what is the enterprise element of the project? Like you talk about buying things, the business, what's the business element of it? So the, yeah, the business element is the arcade itself. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, having a fee for youth to come in um, and, and use the arcade. And then they also offer um, for, uh, birthday parties, organ organizing birthday parties. Um, they also have like other events like tournaments and um, uh, they do like different, uh, different events around some of their values. Um, like for instance, one of their values is uh, anti-oppression. So uh, one of their very first events um, I wasn't present for, but I remember being told about was a community gathering themed on anti-racism where community members were invited to come and tell their story about uh, their life in, in the neighborhood Point St. Charles that, that Batimosa is in um, and how racism is a part of things and, and about relationship building and things like that. Um, so the, the income is, um, I guess, first and foremost from the arcade, but then they have, they have other avenues that they pursue outside of that um, towards the larger means of, of their, their, their mission, which is building, uh, building solidarity, building values of anti-oppression in, in their own spaces and throughout their community. Nice. So it really, I mean, one of the, we don't, we haven't talked a lot about social enterprise on, on this podcast. And, um, and one of the things that really intrigues me about that is, is, is looking at, you know, how, how do we, how do we move into sustainability and, and self-sustainability or, or how do different organizations do that? And at the same time, you know, the, the, the youth worker in me is always like, Oh, well, you have to pay to get in there. You have to pay. Right. <laughs> um, like, well, you know, what you anti-racist you have to pay to do anti-racist workshops with other youth and you know is that really decolonizing or is just perpetuating this this capitalist structure and so um i think you're an amazing person to to try to navigate that given <laughs> given your your politics and your orientation so how 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 does one and and you can use press start as an example or or speak of other projects as well but how does one navigate that so that it's a space that can decolonize and and be anti-racist and 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 challenge the oppressions that that um, young people in Point St. Charles face, and at the same time, um, you know, have that social enterprise element. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely not an easy um, <laughs> endeavor whatsoever. You know, um, con like it, it takes a a lot of communication, like a vigorous um, communication and, and accountability and, and transparency and making sure that these things are woven in between our relationships um, so that we're not working in silos, but we are working collaboratively constantly um, and making sure that, you know, we're constantly referring back to our, back to our vision, back to our mission. Um, yeah, it's it's a really really tricky tricky endeavor that just you know taking it day by day, um, and really just trying to set up those means of of accountability and communication, um, I think is key to building cooperative social enterprises that are working that continue to work towards goals of of justice and equity and don't steer more towards 
um, individual or selfish gains. Nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So the, the workshops that, that um, were part of the mural build, building, uh, you had several, you, know, you talked about uh, on the first weekend around colonization, decolonization, allyship, um, youth for youth spaces. Could you talk a little bit about what, um, what happened in the workshops and, and particularly for the, for the young people in the workshops and or for your, yourself? And I wonder yes. if we could start with this, the idea of the decolonization workshop. So the, the, there was three workshops that ran throughout the, the weekend, the first weekend. The first one was facilitated by Canadian Roots Exchange, and it was a workshop entitled Two Lines on Colonization. Um, and it, it, the workshop combined the themes of relationship connection and disconnection with discussing different aspects of colonization that you know, help to provide participants with, with a deeper understanding of the impacts of colonization and the way in which it intentionally disconnects us from one another. Um, and, you know, the, the impacts on the youth and myself was um, very profound, very, very transformative. I mean, we were very intentional from the beginning of our planning that um, for a space like this to feel safe, uh, and to be able to thrive, that the youth and the organizers as well need to be able to feel that it's okay to be to be vulnerable. Um, and I think we did a great job at achieving that. You know, the 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 first day of our project, um, the entire um, morning was dedicated to just introductions, relationship building, creating mm-hmm. a collective community agreement, um, and things like that. And so it allowed for when we had so for this for this first workshop facilitated by Canadian Roots Exchange, the um, you know the, the youth were really inspiring in their um, their capacity to um, talk about these topics and talk about how they didn't know them um, or how they did know them and affects their lives. Um, and yeah, it, it, it was a really powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the second workshop was, uh, we can how start, to be, just, just, be, just before we go to the second workshop, I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued if, if you could talk a little bit about, um, what you learned about how colonization disconnects relationships. Hmm. Um, I, th- I, you know, it's, it's a really interesting question. Um, that has a lot of, a lot of implications for it. Um, and it's like, of course, too, as well, colonization needs to also be discussed, uh, in, in respect to capitalism as well. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the main things that comes to mind when I think about the, the disconnection that colonization entails is the way that, uh, decisions are made throughout our society. Mm. Um, so in, in colonization in, in colonial societies, governance is operated in a hierarchical model a a state model where power is concentrated at the top and trickling down we are supposed to instill some type of trust and demands through a representative body you know that we vote on um and we're 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 giving our power to them 
Mm-hmm. And it, and then so therefore we don't feel like we have any power not only amongst ourselves but then um, between between our neighbors between each other. And I think that's one of the biggest disconnects uh, that colonization entails is that we don't feel that we have any ability any power to really have control over the decisions uh, in our that affect our lives. So then we really need to be looking out for ourselves because that's all we really, that's all we're really worrying about because the politicians are worrying about everything else. So then that causes us to not worry about what our neighbors needs are, what our communities needs are, because we're just worried about what's going on in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's very well said. You know, it really, as, as you're speaking, I, I think about, you know, I've worked in, in um, you know, group homes and residential placements, and, I, and I've worked in uh, detention facilities and, and a lot of locations like that over the years. And, and how that, you know, how it's, it's pretty much the exact opposite of the, of the press start space, right? That, that it's, it's very yeah. hierarchical, like you said, very disconnected, you know, disconnected from decision making, uh, disconnected from, from each other, you know, the rules around the, the type of relationships you can have, who you can have relationships with inside the organization, outside the organization, between adults mm-hmm. and young people, right? That, that you know, and, and making those links explicitly to this idea of colonization um, and how that, that starts to embed all of our, of our practices. Um, yeah. Yep. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then, and, and as I'm just thinking more about it, um, the other aspects of colonization, colonization in terms of gendered hierarchies and racial mm-hmm. hierarchies and sexualized hierarchies, um, a- a- able-bodied hierarchies, and all these things uh, create a disconnect um, in ourselves, you know, trying to prevent us from, you know, really uh, embodying our true selves. And therefore, that disconnect, of course, of course perpetuates in our relationships with everyone else in our lives. Absolutely. So the second workshop, you know, was it was a nice uh, follow-up or, or c- continuation or augmentation of the first workshop. So uh, you started to talk a little bit about the second workshop. What, what, what did that entail? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the second workshop was on the, the general question of how to be an ally to Indigenous people. And it was facilitated by the Montreal Indigenous Community Network and this was based on a, uh, a roundtable discussion that moved through what Indigenous community and organizers need in allies and how allyship more broadly should be understood. Um, you know, most, if, if not all, of the participants were very eager to get involved in and with Indigenous solidarity work, uh, but they, you know, they needed to learn more about how they can do so in, in right relationship with Indigenous communities and not contribute to uh, to the re, re, uh, to the perpetuation of oppression, and you know through things like cultural appropriation. Um, yeah, it was a really really nice opportunity for the participants to learn about uh, indigenous solidarity work, um, the do's and don'ts, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like doing it through a roundtable discussion was it was very informal, it was very relaxing, it was very nice. Um, and I I really really appreciated the workshop because it didn't give any like set in stone um this is what you have to do type of it was more like you know every community has their own needs their own wants their own protocols their own uh, traditions their own practices and 
you have to be willing to do the work to learn about that um, and then to try and uh, meet them on on the needs that they have you know like it's it's a very it like ally or uh, like accomplice a better word that I like better um, solidarity work is is very complicated because it needs to be um, it needs to be nuanced it needs to be tailored to the context that you're working in um, but they but it, so in, um, highlighting that was was really appreciated um, but then of course still giving general tips like you know do the, do the if you can if you have the resources do the education work yourself you know don't expect indigenous or other um, folks who who suffer under colonial oppression to do the education work for you if you have the opportunity if you have the means do that work first um, and yeah yeah it was a it was a really nice workshop mm-hmm you know, the idea of allyship, as I'm sure you're well aware, is quite fraught these days. And there's there's lots of uh, important critiques, you know, and then you sort of flag some of that with the idea of, of accomplish, accomplice um, rather than ally. Um, and, uh, you know, so, and so many people, when they when they hear ally, they they start to they start to back off these days or they, they become quite dismissive. And I, I think what I'm what I'm hearing from you is a really um, you know it's a, it's a nice thinking through about about what it what it means and sitting in that that place of, of conversation and, and and discomfort and, and awareness um, mm-hmm. you know um, yeah and what and what that looks like yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm and the, the third workshop. So yes, yeah, so the third workshop was facilitated by myself and uh, Michelle. Michelle was is one of the organizers with Press Start, um, and we generally we named it uh, "Creating Spaces for Youth by Youth." Um, and, and what we really wanted to focus on this was engaging with with the struggle that um, youth broadly face in society in being able to uh, create and engage with space that is not adult dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the workshop facilitated discussion around questions like, you know, uh, what are the spaces mm-hmm. that you spend the most time in? And generally on a scale from one to 10, how much is your perspective and decision-making respected in these spaces? You know, how much do you think that your perspective and decision-making ability in these spaces should be respected? You know, what, what, what works? So, um, what were some of the spaces that they they identified, and and what was their sense of ability to have decision making um, mm-hmm. power present? Yeah, there was there were some spaces, things like um, like restaurants or uh, parks and things like that. But one of the, like the uh, more um, consistent and um, I don't know if meaningful is the right word, but anyways, one of the more consistent examples was was schools. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, school is a is a prime place where, um, you know, they spend most of their time in. You know, Monday to Friday, nine till three. Um, but a space where their decision making is uh, least respected in terms of what they feel appropriate. And I think this is a really interesting moment of like, you know, yes, this is a space where I am supposed to be getting prepared to 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 succeed to thrive in the quote-unquote real world and if what i want to learn is not being heard and we're just being driven the same curriculum over and over then like is this really a space that's meant for me to thrive what what is the space really achieving um 
and that yeah that was a really really nice moment of reflecting on their their autonomy their decision making abilities and helping to to empower them to to help them to feel that like you know trying to break down this barrier between youth and, and adulthood you know of course um these categories exist for a reason um but in terms of how youth voices are heard are respected are seen um are given a platform um it, th- these are these are conversations that need to be had and these the youth really benefited from you know feeling like you know what you're you're right like yes i do i should be respected more in these spaces and it's not okay that i i don't feel i don't feel heard in these spaces mm-hmm. could you imagine um a youth youth for youth led school um yes i could um but it's hard i you know i've seen i've i remember reading about some examples of it but it's a mm-hmm. topic that i need to do more reading mm-hmm. on i know there are examples of um of schools and places where the youth are leading the the education methods and style and they have like a you know a direct say about what the materials taught are going to be um but off the top of my head, I'm not able to point to you a, a immediate mm-hmm. example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's exciting. That's a, it's a, it's a great, um, great, great workshop topic. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I often think about spaces, um, spaces with a lot of, of young people and uh, yeah. Wh- how, how do we make those spaces? What do we do with those spaces? The, 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 temporal nature of of youth you know like you talk about press start you know 16 to 20 what happens when they you know start to age out what does that mean what's their role um you know uh, yeah how do, how does all this all this work you know most adults claim uh, some sort of insider knowledge on youth because at some point in time in their life they were youth therefore they know and they understand right and and mm-hmm. sort of this this uh all these different conversations um that mm-hmm. uh, that can come out very nice yeah. um, as we as we move towards the end uh, I, the the rising youth grant how how was that helpful for the the project um i mean it it helped to spark the idea for the project mm. um you know it, like um, it was, as I said earlier, it was one of the adult organizers that um, I'm not sure how they found out about it, but nevertheless, they said, you know, hey, guys, there's this really cool opportunity uh, through an organization that provides grants um, to youth spaces just like us. Um, would would anyone be interested in pursuing this? Um, and yeah, so, I mean, if, if it wasn't for this for this opportunity, I don't know if this this project would have would have happened maybe it would have but later on um, yeah nice and uh what was the the process like we're always curious about about feedback and you don't you know uh you, you can be as candid as you want and if you know <laughs> we can always edit out anything you don't want in you know, public as well <laughs> but it's always good <laughs> feedback right so what how was the process for you um of of receiving the grant and doing the grant and applying for the grant and the reporting and all of that sort of stuff. Um, to be honest, everything was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, in terms of um, how 
grants uh, applying for grants goes it can it can definitely be um, a, a tedious and lengthy process um, but from what I remember the the process for for applying for the rising youth grant was was quite um, straightforward and the questions were meaningful and didn't feel like it didn't feel too tedious or anything like that like it was really helpful for us both in terms of like um, you know just the process of learning how to apply for a grant and everything mm-hmm. but also thinking through our idea um, mm-hmm. and then the follow-up report um, that was a little bit difficult um, for myself but I think that more speaks to the nature of the project you know mm-hmm. um, questions like uh, what was like the biggest impact of the mm-hmm. project that was like really really um, really really difficult for me to say um, because there were so many big highlights um, I'm just reading through my notes right now and mm-hmm. um, uh, let me see here. I think um, do, 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 do. Um, okay, yeah. So what what I what I reported was I think what I thought was the biz, biggest success, uh, quote unquote, achieved through the project was the vulnerability embodied throughout the whole weekend. Um, you know, I thought one of the most challenging aspects is you know in these in creating these types of spaces is being vulnerable and uncomfortable enough to open up. To, to being authentic and, and to being your unforgiving self, um, to really engage in critical self-awareness. Um, and I thought that was something that was really beautifully embodied throughout the weekend. And so I think I thought that that was, you know, if I had to say it was our biggest, biggest accomplishment through the weekend. Nice. That's such a, that's a beautiful way to end our conversation. The idea of, of, of our accomplishments being vulnerability, right? Rather than, oh, we served this many people and we did this mural, right? It's, it's returning, mm-hmm. you know, as you started the conversation, um, you know, about how we are disconnected and relationships. And of course, our first relationship is with ourselves. And, and so, um, you know, being able to be vulnerable with ourselves and in community. So uh, that's a, that's a, a lovely and, and, and impactful um, outcome, I think. Um, just as we wrap up, right, anything, any, anything else you want to say? I, I'm, I'm so appreciative of our conversation today. Yeah, no problem at all. I, I also, too, I really, really enjoyed this. Um, you know, I, I don't think so. I mean, uh, one of the questions that you had sent me is, um, uh sorry let me just find it here uh you know what thoughts or advice would i give others who Mm -hmm. are thinking of applying for rising youth funding um and just thinking about that it's like um advice is uh is to to a just just go for it just try um but also to really be um intentional about why you're applying for the funding um, I think one of the the beautiful aspects of our project was that we were very intentional from the beginning about what we want to accomplish. It wasn't a project of like, oh, it would be cool to paint a mural. It would look really beautiful. It was more like, no, we want to help um, build awareness around these issues. We want to help build relationships around these issues. And we want to be very intentional about that. And that intention helped to inspire the the passion, the creativity. Um, that really was woven throughout the, the whole process. And it was, yeah, it, w- it was really beautiful. I'm really fortunate to have been a part of it. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that's it for me. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Brett. Um, and I, I uh, 
I'm really grateful we had the opportunity to speak today and then I was able to share this with with others. So thank you and enjoy the rest of your day in Montreal today. Thanks so much. You as well.